0: Well, wildfire scientists have taken samples of the soil, moisture and fuel sources near the fire in the Port Hills to help predict how the blaze might spread. The Crown Research Institute for Forestry, Science says it's ready to support fire and emergency with its prediction and modelling skills. And it's also modelling the smoke spread to share that information with public health authorities. For more on this, we're joined by Scion wildfire scientist Hugh Wallace. Uh, kia ora. good morning Hugh. Tell us the samples you've taken, what are they telling you?
1: Good morning. Um, well, mostly what we're gathering at this very moment is, like you mentioned, the smoke spread and particulate density. Uh, and that's something that we actually predict just using weather models. Um, and we actually put that on our public website so the public can actually take a look at it in order to plan their day.
0: So this tells you what, how dangerous it might be to, to breathe in those fumes?
1: Exactly. We found it's a really useful tool, especially for members of the public who have health issues that are affected by uh, particulate and smoke. Um, and so quite often they'll use it in order to check where the, where the smoke's coming from, whether or not it's a concentration that's particularly dangerous for them, or also to figure out if the fire's near them, because sometimes the fire can throw smoke quite far and it can actually be peace of mind that they realise, oh, this is coming from a fire 20k away, not right next door, even if it's quite thick.
0: So what should people in the area at the moment know?
1: Um, I mean, I think Fens is doing a fantastic job of controlling the fire. I think the best thing for them in terms of awareness is just thinking about the fire, having a bit of a plan. Uh, at the moment, it looks like they're doing a really great job of bringing it under control, but just sort of having an idea of what you might do if you need to do something, that's quite often the biggest thing is just being aware and having a bit of a plan in advance rather than worrying about it at the last minute.
0: And do you have modelling on this fire as to where it might spread and how big it could get?
1: We definitely have teams that do predictive modeling. Fens has a really fantastic capacity in their own right, so they're running that at the moment. But in the past, what we have done is, once their guys have been, or once their fire crews have been doing predictive modeling for a few days, you know, they're they're running really long days. They need a bit of a spell off. That's when we get sometimes called in to help them out. So we'll do the same things that they're already doing and just give them an opportunity for some rest.
0: Are you able to share in any of that information with us now about what might be in store?
1: That's a pretty tough one. Again, we're not, uh, we haven't been called on to do those predictions at the moment. Uh, we can do some rough predictions, but until, until we get asked, uh, we don't really get properly tied in. And that's okay. That's, um, that's just sort of the nature of it. What
0: are the real crucial times in seeing how a fire is going to progress?
1: I mean, it'll be really dependent on the weather Uh, day to day, I found from a personal standpoint of fighting fire in Canada, usually as the day heats up, you start to get, um, you get the sun on the ground, your temperatures start to come up, your humidity goes down, you'll start to see the fire lift up. So through the heat of the day, especially um, sort of late afternoon, about 2 till 5 p.m. is quite often when you can see the most extreme fire behavior However, it really depends on the weather. If you get hot, dry winds at any time of day, that can be an issue.
0: Yeah, you've mentioned Canada. Obviously, this is wildfires are a problem right around the world. What, is, what are the wildfire science trends telling us about uh, the behaviour and where these fires might occur?
1: I mean, that's, yeah, that's the truth of it. Uh, fires are becoming more of an issue. Uh, that's a combination of climate change, uh, land use, and human behaviours. New Zealand's really fortunate that a lot of the fires, uh, they're not caused by natural events. So that, in fact, means that we have the ability to control fire, even simply beginning. Uh, A big part of my issue in Canada, or the issue with fire suppression in Canada, is that they're lightning-caused, and they can happen in remote places, and they're very difficult to control. Whereas here, the really fortunate thing is, you know, if people change their behaviours or think about fires, maybe don't mow on a certain day or if you've had a campfire or a a burn fire put it out properly don't flick that cigarette butt into the grass put it out that kind of thing Mm. we can actually really control when fire happens
0: thank you very much for that that is scion wildfire scientist hugh wallace